You're listening to the Baby Sleep Answers Podcast, the podcast that answers all your baby sleep questions, but it's also just your friend in your ear here to let you know it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have anxiety, and it's normal to want to sleep more. Today we will be talking about baby sleep when you travel, mostly because I just got back from a week-long trip in Mexico and our sleep situation hey, was nothing to brag about. I was talking to Joe and telling him, you know, if we, if we only had one kid, if we just had M1, our first one, um, we would have enjoyed this trip so much more <laughs> because this kid, he is our, our golden sleeper. He goes to sleep when you tell him to, he sleeps for 11 hours and then he wakes up in a good mood, ready to go. His siblings, um, M2 and M3, well, they're not, they, they didn't do so hot on this trip. Uh, I think this is probably a good time to introduce my kiddos who I call M1, M2, and M3. Mostly to protect their privacy, mostly to protect their names. Um, People used to ask me what M stood for, and it used to be, you know, the first letter of M1's name starts with M, but now they're they're just all M1, M2, M3, so we can just pretend they're called Minion 1, Minion 2, and Minion 3. Minion 1, M1, (laughs) is six years old now. Again, he's our golden sleeper, and he did great in Mexico, uh, as far as sleep goes. He was not a huge fan of not having cold water, of not having air conditioning, of not having his friends and his cousin, but he did great sleep-wise. M2 actually turned four in Mexico and was convinced that the trip was for his birthday. (laughs) It was not. It was for my cousin's wedding, but we let him run with it. Uh, He is our sensitive sleeper. I've mentioned him a couple times and he did not have a good time with sleep the first few nights, uh, which was our fault kind of, but also just kind of part of the part of the game. It was hot. There was no air conditioning. We couldn't open the doors or the windows because there was construction next door. And so he was waking up hot and it took us a while to realize it. Also, he was waking up hot, drinking so much water that he his uh, pull up, his stone pull ups, we give him pull ups. That's for another time. Uh, he was leaking. And so, and when he wakes up uncomfortable, he has a really, really hard time going back to sleep. That is not the case for all kids, all babies. Some kids can wake up, issues fixed, go back to sleep. He has always, 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 and this is kind of a a type of personality. Okay, I'm going to mute my phone there. Um, Some kids just cannot go right back to sleep. This is just a, a sleep personality, I would call it. And he's one of those. So, second night there he was up for three hours poor joe third night he was up for two hours fourth night we finally figured out that he needed to sleep um with a lot you know just shorts and t-shirt and we gave him gatorade before bed we added another fan to the room and then from then on he slept through the night for the rest of the trip so that was great baby girl she is uh m3 uh, I will talk about her in another episode about all her gut issues and all the things we've had to deal with. She is basically our worst sleeper because we never truly focused and worked on her sleep because we were dealing with so many other, you know, medical issues with her. But we decided not to take the packet play, and I'm going to talk about this later in this episode. And we just put her in the trundle bed next to her, but obviously she knew we were next to her. We were on the bed right next to the trundle. So after four or five hours, she'd wake up, want one of us to hold her. She did have stomach, stomach I was going to say tummy, and then I said tummy, um, stomach issues one night, and that was that was the roughest night. But basically, all the whole week, she kind of was up every three to four hours, if not more often, 
and we did not get much sleep because of her. But after this awesome introduction on what baby sleep and traveling with kids can look like, let me instead give you big tips on how to get the most sleep when you travel. But I do want to do a disclaimer. Uh, many of you probably don't remember this because you were probably so drowsy or, you know, sleep deprived or confused. But as soon as your baby was born, someone came up with to you. They came up to you with a form that said, I sign away my rights to sleep on any vacation. And all of you signed it. And you probably don't remember because it was so long ago, but you signed it. So from now on, anytime you go on a trip, I want you to remember that you are not going to get sleep guaranteed. And you know, that sucks. It is. It's true. Um, but there are things we can do to promote sleep, to optimize sleep and to be ready for it if sleep wants to happen. But again, anytime you go on a trip, just expect that you're not going to sleep. I'm huge on expectations. I actually believe relationships work. If you are very vocal and honest about your expectations and relationships don't work when you hide your expectations. So next time you go on a trip, even if it's to grandma's house, just have the expectation that you will not sleep and you will be so much happier. Okay, let me pause a second and recollect my thoughts and then I'm going to give you um, some awesome trips awesome tips for sleep on trips. Oh, I'm so clever. Big tip numero uno. I don't know why I said that. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually Mexican. My first language is actually Spanish. Um, so I would not say numero uno, but tip numero uno. That is to recreate your sleep space wherever you go. So for example, if your kiddo is used to sleeping in a blacked out, cool environment with white noise, make sure they have that environment wherever you're going because sleep has to do a lot with habits and whatever your baby has a habit of having for sleep what they associate with sleep that's what's going to help them sleep wherever they are so again the more you can recreate recreate which one is it i don't know the more you can copy your home environment wherever you're going the more you will optimize sleep this kind of goes you know if your kid's not too sensitive then just make sure the room is dark um, that's kind of what we do for M1. But if your kid is more sensitive, they're going to need a lot more. They're going to need smells to kind of match. So you can take your used sheets from home before you clean them, just pack them. You can take their stuffed animals. You can take their specific pillow, their specific blanket. It depends on how sensitive your kiddo is. But in general, for most babies, I do recommend you use, you take used sheets and then you just black out the room and whatever else they are used to. Tip Number two, I'm not doing that awkward Spanish thing anymore. Um, I guess I could go into French. Uh, numéro deux. That was even more awkward. So from now on, let's just stick to English. But tip number two is to respect their schedules and routine. Asterisks here as much as possible. So as much as possible when you're traveling, protect their wake windows, protect their expected nap schedule protect their bedtime routine by, you know, bringing the same book that you always use or bring the same jammies, doing the exact same routine. But that asterisk right there is really, really important as much as possible because, you know, I am a huge fan of prioritizing sleep, obviously, but sometimes when you're on sleep, different things have to be prioritized. For example, this past weekend when we were in Mexico, our whole, the whole point of the trip was to go to a wedding and the wedding was, you know, not, not the kid friendly wedding because it's a wedding. Um, and also we were the only kids at the entire wedding. This was an amazing, beautiful, huge wedding of 350 people and uh, 346 of those were adults. 
then my three kids and my sister's baby. Um, but so uh, all to say this morning was at night and it, you know, it's went until 3am and we knew we were going to be staying up later than the kids are used to. And we knew it was going to be rough. We knew we were going to have some overtiredness. We knew we weren't going to, you know, get to sleep in the next morning, but still our priority was being there for my cousin, celebrating with my family. And so as much as possible, we took their PJs, we did, you know, a sort of bedtime routine-ish in the car. And then we just kind of prayed for the best sleep possible. But the rest of the trip leading up to it, and that's part of the reason we went for a whole week, we got them, you know, used to the environment there. We respected their time for bedtime, their their need for waking up at a certain time, their time for breakfast. Eating is very, very crucial. Our, our eating schedules actually help our sleeping schedules. I'm going to have a nutritionist on here soon to talk more about that because I fall flat. But... So, number two tip, as much as possible, respect their schedule when you can. This might mean you try to take a nap. Like, if you're on the go, I remember a few years back when it was just us and M1, (laughs) the time of sleep, which we didn't know. Uh, We went to Catalina Island with him and my sisters. He was the only little dude that was hanging with us. And so we had a stroller and a muslin kind of over it, not completely covering him. But around his nap, we walked him a little more faster a little faster around the island so that he would take a nap and he did not a great nap he napped and then he wasn't super overtired when we went back home for bedtime tip number three this one is not so much uh for the babies as much as for you when you're traveling you will you're gonna have a lot of voices kind of (laughs) telling you what to do because people don't know what you do every day and people know what worked for them or what they believe worked for them and they will want to kind of give you those tips. So if you're, especially if you're going to go somewhere with relatives or, you know, with older generations, they might have a lot of opinions on your baby sleep. And so I want you to memorize this one sentence. Ready? Here it goes. <clears throat> I appreciate your care. I'm glad you know what worked for you. This is what we're doing. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. Hey, how's your kid? Maybe they don't have a kid, so maybe just ignore the last part. But the point is, you need to stand up for yourself. You are your kid's advocate. You can say, hey, you know what? I appreciate it. I know you're coming from a good place, but I don't want to talk about my kid's sleep because I have put in a lot of work and effort. I have put in a lot of myself into this, and I do not want to hear it. Now, you might actually want to hear it. So if someone gives you a tip, and you're happy with it don't feel like you have to tell them no just because I told you um feel free to listen to tips but the main takeaway from this point is to stick to your guns put your boundaries you know what you're doing if you know what you're doing and don't let anyone make you doubt yourself okay it is not the trips are not the time to reinvent the wheel unless of course you're going to go visit your sister who happens to be a baby sleep answers uh consultant and then I can give you some tips and I did with my sister's baby she is she's kind of dropping some of her nap she's 10 months old she's the cutest little baby guys the cutest little thing uh, okay okay number four number four is that you have to know that sleep and when you're not in your house is different from sleep at your house so if you go on a trip and your kid is not sleeping they are just you know wired overstimulated whatever it is and they're not sleeping I want you to remember that that's not you know the rest of it I know how mom and maybe dad, sleep anxiety works. Uh, You just think, okay, this is the end. All of our work is gone. We will never sleep again. And that's not the case. Very, very often, 
even though baby doesn't sleep well on trips, you come back, you reset your schedules, which will be number five, you will go back to how you were. And it might take a while, you know, depends on how sensitive and how responsive your kid is. But in general, even if you're having the worst sleep, please know that's just not it, not the end all be all of your sleep journey. And so that might even help you with your expectations too. just be like, you know what, even if we don't sleep in this trip, that's fine. We'll come back and we'll reset ourselves and we will actually get some sleep. Think of how, if you remember, you know, when you went on sleepovers or when you were a kid and you went to sleep in a different place, it might have felt really, really different. Even now as an adult, I have I have a hard time falling asleep, mostly because I'm worried about the kiddos or I know they're going to wake up. But it's not easy to fall asleep when you're in a different place. And we have to kind of let the babies have that as well. They're very aware. Some people don't recognize how smart babies are, but they know. They know when they're not home. They know when their parents are more stressed out or more uncomfortable or more worried or whatever. And so they, they might be feeding into that or feeding off of that and they might not be sleeping as well as they would at home even when their schedule is perfect, when their environment's perfect. So just give yourself that grace that, you know, remember that thing you signed? You just don't expect sleep. Now, I do want to say, <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, the, the, I don't know what, who is the bad person of sleep. I don't want to be that person <laughs> because I have gone on trips and I have gotten a lot of sleep, mostly when it was just us traveling with M1. But, you know, at, at one point we, when we visited my, uh, when we visited my in-laws, we would stay at the trailer next to their house and it's this little trailer I love it it's awesome but it's you know it's a trailer and there's not a lot of space and you sleep right next to the pack and play and so and you have we had to black out all the windows there's a lot of windows in that trailer uh, with carb cardboard and tin foil and a lot of work into it not the you know not a very climate controlled thing we still got really good sleep you know our when our baby was six months old we got pretty good sleep and we came back and he was 18 months old, we got pretty good sleep because we optimized sleep. We, we, again, we followed his schedules. That's kind of when we went to Catalina Island. My, my husband's family is from San Diego. And so it is possible. <laughs> it is possible to get good sleep. You know, that's why we optimize sleep. That's why we work on what we can work on. I just want you to keep in the back of your head that it can be awful. There's nothing that you're doing wrong if it's awful. And what I mean by that is like, you're not failing. You can always keep working on it. Like kind of like us last week when M2 was waking up for two hours, three hours, we weren't failing. We just hadn't figured out why he was waking up. And it took us a while. We, when we figured out it was the heat, we did a bunch of stuff and then he went back to sleeping uh, better than those nights. So again, to summarize number four, just kind of know that sleep can suck on vacation. It doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It doesn't mean you'll never sleep again. Number five is kind of the hard one to point out. It is be sure to come back strong. As soon as you're back, come back to bedtime routines, bedtime schedules, perfect um, setup for their bed, everything you can to come back strong. This is especially important with toddlers and preschoolers. Because they're going to be, you know, we got to stay up on our vacation or we got to sleep in or something. They're going to want to keep doing that. They're going to push those buttons. But the more, mm, I don't want to say harsh, but the stronger you are with behavior boundaries, 
the better sleep will be in the long run. The more lenient you are, and you want to be lenient because it's exhausting to travel with kids. I need a vacation from this vacation, y'all. I am so tired. Um, It is hard to be, you know, set your boundaries hard, but it is the most important. The first two, three nights to just, oh, first, yeah, first two, three nights. I thought I forgot first, first night. I thought I was saying second and third night, but no, that's not what I'm saying. I am just a little sleep deprived. The first three nights are especially important, um, but the fourth one as well, and the fifth one as well, and the sixth one as well. Why do you listen to me? Because I like to babble. Um, Super important to make sure they come back and they know that home is still home. Vacation sleep, again, not great. Home sleep, we do our best. But for babies, it's also really important because that gives them the security that, oh, yes, I am home. Everything is back to normal. So number five was that. Just go back to everything you were doing strong, even if it doesn't work. It might not work at first because they might still be overstimulated, overworked from the trip. Keep doing what you're doing and keep doing it until it works. A lot of times I get a question like, when can I expect sleep to go back to normal? It is ruined since we went on a trip. And there's just no specific question, unfortunately, but you just have to keep doing what you know works until it clicks again. It could be one week, could be two weeks, could be a few weeks because your kiddo is just so thrown out of whack. Think of how long it takes you to get back to normal after a trip and kind of multiply that by a thousand. And that can give you an answer if you really just really want an answer. But just get back into it. I do want to say I do have a baby sleep travel ebook. And this ebook has kind of what this podcast has, but written down, but also some tips on how to schedule sleep if you're going to different time zones, a little handy dandy chart that you can fill in to help you. I do have a baby packing list because that was the craziest thing for me to figure out what to pack for a baby. And I also have some tips for getting sleep on a plane and bonus more tips on dealing with relatives and friends with different sleep views. So make sure you check that out. You can use the code podcast to get a nice discount on it, but it's really just $20. So it's not that much. Uh, Very useful. I've gotten lots of good reviews from this little handy dandy ebook. Now, I also want to ask you if you can subscribe and follow me and all that you can do on the podcast. Check me out on Instagram. And as always, go babysleepanswers.com slash podcast for some awesome links. Cool. I hope this is helpful for you. And if not helpful, at least enjoyable. And if not enjoyable, and then I hope it at least helped you spend 18, 20 minutes of your time listening to something new. Awesome. I love you all. Thanks for being here. And if you are subscribed to my newsletter, which I hope you are, I will be talking about the winner of my podcast reviews giveaways, which I mentioned in the newsletter. But I guess if you don't have the newsletter, you didn't know about that. But that's okay. All right. I'm going to log off and get some coffee. (laughs) Best of sleep to you.